0: So that was quite American, but it was also pretty cute. Um, so we'll return to that in a second, but first, I'm going to have our Bible reading for this morning. So our story this morning is from this one that Jesus told during his Sermon on the Mount, so he was telling story after story about what it means to follow him and to help us understand what the kingdom of God is like. <clears throat> um, so our reading this morning is from Luke chapter 6 verses 46 to 49. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundations on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. So I see that story kind of like this. Two people decide that they will each build a house. And one of them has a look around, decides that he knows what a house looks like. um, He knows how to do that. So he pops up some walls on a roof and he thinks he's done. But then he turns around and he sees his friend. And his friend is all covered in mud. And he's like... What have you been doing? Where's your house? Why are you muddy? Like, here is my house. Where is your house? Um, And his friend goes, well, I was digging, and I was laying the rocks, and I was laying the concrete, and I was putting in a foundation. And now that I've done that, now I'm going to do the walls and the roof. So the second person had been doing the unseen and the underground work that comes before building on the surface. And at the end, there are two houses that probably look very similar, but only one of them is built to last and the other one will fall and crumble as soon as it rains. So what does this have to do with New Year's resolutions? That's a good question, you may be wondering. Um, So it's still really early in the New Year. It's the traditional time that we have a look at our lives, and we come up with this huge list of things that we think we need to change. We become really quick to judge every corner of life and decide that we need to eat better and exercise more and read more books and be more spiritual and spend more time with friends and family and do a better job at work and at school and be nicer to people and call our mums more often and we have this list of things and we decide to become perfect overnight. Like there's something magic about January. There's something magic about January that means we can fix everything that might be a bit broken. We try and add things into life without looking at why they're missing in the first place. And this might be a sweeping generalization. um, But in my experience, the goals and the resolutions that we come up with in January aren't often grounded in very much. There's a kind of lack of strategy and a lack of support and a lack of planning. And we kind of decide that once we've broken our resolution once, once we've eaten that bit of chocolate, then that's the end. Oh, no, we've done. I'll wait till next January. Then I'll have another go. And that just doesn't sound like Jesus to me. That doesn't sound like grace. That doesn't sound like the kingdom of God. It sounds, like, it sounds like a way of trying to set up our life that sets us up for failure and for shame. Because change without the Holy Spirit, without accountability, without a plan, it's not likely to go very far. It's like a house that we've built without a foundation. It's not very sturdy and it's pretty easy to knock down. So what's, what's the option? If New Year's resolutions are not, in fact, a way to bring lasting change to life, then what do we do? What do we do? So I think the clue for us is in Romans 12, verse 2, where Paul says this. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Or a different translation of that says, um, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, So, change for us starts with God. It starts with going before God and asking Him, What in me needs to change so that I can become more like Jesus? What am I doing or not doing that's getting in the way of your kingdom? And the really simple response that we get to have to that is to listen and then do what God says. Listen and do. It doesn't have to be complicated. As a staff team, we have a discipline of doing this as part of our meeting rhythms. So we meet on a weekly basis, um, and every other meeting, we meet for a huddle, and we ask Holy Spirit to highlight something in us that needs work. And when God speaks, we call that a kairos moment, which is a word you might have heard from up here before. So it's one of the Greek words for time. There are two words in Greek for time. So we have chronos time, which is like the ongoing flow of time. So it's the root of words like chronological. And then there's kairos time, which is a specific moment. And we use that word to refer to a specific moment of noticing. Of noticing a place where God is inviting us into goodness and challenging us to become more like him. And as part of that process, we then get to speak into each other's lives. We get to give advice, we get to pray, we get to talk about what is Jesus saying, what is God doing in your life, and we walk through this process of where this is where we're beginning, and this is where we're going, this is where God is taking us. So I have spent the last few days in London, I was visiting some friends and seeing a play, and I've honestly never gotten more lost more often in my life, um, I I grew up just outside London, so in theory it's a familiar place. It was very, very weird. I got lost a lot. I got lost between places, I navigated to the wrong place, I got lost inside a tube station and ended up on a platform when I was looking for the door. Um, And in one moment of glory, I got lost on my hotel floor. Um, (laughs) It was great. Um, But each time I got lost, I kind of had this Holy Spirit nudge inside that was saying, no, it's time to stop. It's time to reassess. It's time to look where you're going. There weren't any like neon signs that were like, Stevie, turn left now. There was no sat-nav that was going, make a U-turn where possible. It was It was just a nudge deep in my belly, deep in my spirit, even in just the practical thing of walking around life and getting lost in London. And Kairos moments feel like that to me. It feels like this nudge where God breaks in and helps me adjust my path and helps me adjust where I'm going. And... I get to choose. God doesn't force change on me. He doesn't force change on us. He meets us right where we are. We are enough. We are loved. We are done, just as we are. But also we get to change. We get to become more like Jesus. So when I was lost, I could have committed to my lostness and like forged my way through. Or I could stop, and I could listen, and I can make changes. So later on in Romans 2, Paul tells us that it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance God brings change to us in kindness rather than in anger. He knows us and he knows how we work and his heart is always for us to become more like him. In my experience a kairos moment can be really big or really small but it's always always transformative there is always a change of life that comes and the change of the work of God in our lives is always powerful. Um, things that God has spoken to me about in the past are my relationship with him and how or if and when I'm prioritizing time with him in the day. He challenged me on some bad choices I was making at bedtime and not going to bed on time and sleep and getting enough sleep. He challenged me on my relationships with other people and how I'm If and how I'm being vulnerable and if and how I'm talking about him. And every time God comes in kindness and he always brings change, he always brings life, he always brings hope, he always brings goodness as I move forwards with him. And even at the moment what God is talking to me about is being present in the moment. And he's talking to me about that because he loves me, not because it's January. He knows that my tendency is to worry about 100 things before breakfast and to make a plan and a contingency plan and then a spare plan just in case. But that's not freedom. That's not life in all its fullness. That's, that's anxiety and that's panic. But the truth that God is speaking is do not worry about your life. It's do not be anxious, but in all things, present your prayers to God. There is freedom and truth for me in turning to God, and turning to his word. There is freedom in remembering stories from my own life, and hearing the stories from my community, and there is always, always hope and life in Jesus. So what's interesting to me from our Bible story today is that there is action and choice from both of the people who build houses. They make decisions about how they're going to build, with foundations or without them. We get to partner with God in this. This is a work that we do with him in relationship with him. And we get to choose this morning. Do we want a New Year's resolution that we might have broken by lunchtime? Or do we want to choose a lifetime of walking with Jesus and a lifetime of ongoing change and becoming more and more like God, more and more like Jesus every single day? So I'm going to pray for us now before I hand back to Kat. Not an expectation that we will leave here perfect and transformed and fixed by lunchtime, but just an expectation that God is speaking, that he is inviting us into goodness, that he is inviting us into life this morning. So our first step is to listen and see if there is a Kairos moment for us here this morning. And then the next step is to go out from here. It is to talk to our communities and say, this is what I think God is saying. Will you pray with me? Will you walk with me in this? And I don't think there's an age limit on this. Parents, you get to ask your kids what God is doing in them. Kids, you get to ask your parents what Holy Spirit is saying to them. This goes always, all ages. We all get to join in. We all get to play. So I will pray. God, thank you that you meet us where we are. Thank you that you love us as we are, but also that you love us enough that we get to change. So God, I pray that you would speak this morning. I pray that we would hear your voice, that we would hear you. I pray that you would invite us on this journey with you. Come, Holy Spirit. Amen.